Welcome, everybody. This is John Cranham. We are at the Go To Dentist podcast. I've got David Rice with me, my partner, uh, and we have some uh, two special guests with us today that we want to we want to talk about uh, and and shine a little light on. Uh, for the dentists that are listening to this, we are at a point in time now that a lot of us can start to see. Uh, reentry is now going to become possible. We're going to be going back to work. And if you're like me, one of our greatest concerns is how we're going to stay safe, how the team is going to stay safe, and in this whole PPE issue. Um, our guests today are Tyler Jury and Clay Simpson that own a company that makes leather things in Louisville, Kentucky. The uh, company is Clayton and I've looked at their website. They make beautiful stuff. Um, but what's intriguing about them is, is when they had to close that business, um, everything sort of paused. Uh, Tyler is also a dentist, like a lot of us. So he was closing his dental practice, and they sort of looked at each other in the face and wondered what they were going to do. Uh, they had a short stint, and they tried to make masks and quickly found that perhaps uh, making PPE with regards to face shields might be the way to go. And what has transpired is, is, is pretty incredible uh, in terms of the volume that they are, um, are putting out now. So, uh, David, uh, do you just welcome? Are you still in St. Pete hanging out back there? I am still in St. Pete enjoying some sunshine. It's not a bad day today. So we've been pretty fortunate here. I'm just, I'm really excited to talk to you guys and, and how you really thought intentionally and then innovatively like switched gears and adapted quickly, which in my humble opinion is the key to every business moving forward. Yeah. So welcome guys. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you all met? Um, you can even give a a plug to Phi Gamma Delta, if you'd like, but, but uh, <laughs> if you want to give a little uh, to talk about how you met and how you started the first business and how this transitioned, go ahead and welcome. Sure, sure. Thanks for having us. We, uh, Tyler and I were fraternity brothers in college, and, you know, we were, like you said, we, we were Fijis at WKU, and um, just like every other college kid, um, you know, while our friends were doing their thing. You know, we uh, early on started kind of looking at, uh, you know, what WKU had to, to offer in terms of uh, spirit wear, I guess. You know, we went to football games. We, we tailgated. We um, had the, the typical collegiate experience. But going to Western um, made that a little unlike some other college experiences out there. They didn't have, uh, you know, the cool tailgate regalia that you can uh that you can buy at maybe uh, a big state school so um actually my mom taught me how to sew back when i was in college and uh we had an idea to, to put a belt together so we went to the bookstore and bought a uh, dog leash that said wku on it and <laughs> stitched it up into a belt and you know our friends thought that was that was pretty awesome so we actually started in the dorm room just making belts and and uh uh, you know, sewing when we had the time and, and had a, a little bit of a side hustle. It, it didn't have a name at that point, but it was a, it was a way to have fun and it was a way to make a little money in school. And uh, anyway, we graduated and Tyler, as you know, is a dentist. So he was in dental school. I, I took a job with the family business selling industrial heating and lighting and I, I hated every second of it. And Tyler had a lot of free time. So we were 
in a cabin in Gatlinburg one January. And, and he looked at me and he said, how about, you know, that's stuff that we did in college. Why don't we try to make a run at it? And we went to the, uh, went to fraternity headquarters. And, you know, that every year we've gone to Academy or, or Ecclesia and they've given us some kind of favor to walk away with. So that might've been a, a hockey puck that said Academy on it or a, a flash drive that, you know, they, they gave it to you and it's, thanks for coming to Ecclesia. And then as soon as you walk out the door, you throw it in the trash. And we had this idea to go to, uh, to Bill Martin, the executive director at the time and pitch making key pops. And we went in there all nervous. You know, we, we kind of had our price. We had a little product that we had put together and we pitched them for maybe 10 minutes. And he said, that sounds great. I'll take 800 of them. And that was our business. Wow. Love it. So fast forward, how do you then transfer, transfer this into this leather company with 24 employees? And I mean, did it just sort of evolve into to that as time went by? I think it's been organic growth for us uh, since the start. Clay and I have always prioritized getting out and interacting with our customers one-on-one, putting our products in their hand and letting them make their own educated purchasing decision, Uh, not trying to sell somebody on what we make, but just educating them on what we do and letting them, you know, be informed consumers, much like I think a lot of great dentists do in their practice. It's not selling a a crown or a procedure to someone. It's showing them what's going on and describing their situation so that they can come to you when they're ready for that service. Uh, So that's what we did. We have traveled the country. We've been to Texas, Chicago, New York, Virginia, Florida, Alabama, I mean, all over, uh, attending different holiday fairs, uh, uh, craft markets, anything and everything that you can imagine where there's a a large group of people attending some sort of festival, we try to get out and, and, and be at those things. And so over the past seven years, what that's done, it's, it's allowed us to grow our business beyond Louisville, Kentucky, and really start to see these different pockets of the country that, uh, where people celebrated what we did. And so we've created a following pretty much all across the United States now, uh, with a strong social media following a great email list. We set up at, uh, malls. We do kiosks the two weeks before Christmas in 10 or 12 different cities every year. Uh, we've got a 6,000 square foot production space here with 20 employees and then seven full-time staff members. Uh, and we had a lot of fun with it, but obviously with everything that happened a month ago, we, we had to shut that down in the, for the time being, uh, things being non-essential. Yeah. So, so basically, um, Tyler, you, uh, just, want to understand. So you, you went to Western Kentucky, you're able to hear Dawson Academy, you came to seminar one kind of 2013 ish and you finished, uh, at U of L dental school 2016. And so you've kind of been maybe four days a week, a dentist, two days a week, two, three days a week doing the leather business. And so zooming along, everything's perfect. And then bang, we like the rest of us shutting down both businesses. So talk a little bit about, what you guys were doing, shutting both businesses down and how you had the idea to shift to PPE and then what's transpired. Sure. So one of the first things to shut down in Kentucky were the schools and our our governor has been on top of this entire situation. I think when you look across the country, Kentucky usually lags behind in a lot of areas, but we've kind of been ahead of the curve with how we've been addressing the coronavirus. And so that's something we really admired. And what that meant is uh, very early on in this whole process, 
the girls that work for me had no childcare and they needed to be home with their children. So even prior to the government mandate um, here in Kentucky to close dental offices, I was shutting my office down. I think that was a Monday or a Tuesday of a week uh, and went emergency only at that point. I think Clay and I ended up shutting down the leather shop that Friday, just three or four days later. So in a matter of four or five days, you know, we went from totally operational to really nothing going on at all. And we just felt like it was going to be a hunker down mentality and wait this thing out. Uh, what we ended up doing is that Sunday night, Clay and I were texting back and forth and decided, you know, we got 14 sewing machines and all the equipment you can imagine. Maybe we could put that to use during a week off while our employees were at home and donate some face masks here in our local community. So we showed up on Monday morning, had gotten some fabric donations from friends and family and realized that we're really horrible at making face masks. <laughs> <laughs> Very And so Clay said, you know, I've seen these shields and I think we might, based on the machinery we have and our capabilities and how we produce things, I think we might be better at making face shields. And I said, you know what? I use those in dental school in a oral surgery clinic. Uh, I think that would work great. I mean, it's a barrier and people are going to need these over top of their masks. So if we're reusing N95s or reusing surgical masks, any type of barrier we can add on top of that Absolutely. Be a good addition. So we got to work and decided that if we could buy enough materials and spend that week making a thousand of these and accomplish that and donate them, then we would feel like we were productive and gave back during our time off. So that's what we did. We bought enough stuff to make a thousand face shields, uh, prototyped one within three hours, texted it out to people we knew in the medical community, nurses, Clay's girlfriend's a nurse. Uh, she was down at Vanderbilt uh, working on the COVID unit for a little while. Uh, I mean, we're really tied into that community here. So we texted that out to nurses, physicians, administrators in the hospitals. And within a few hours, I mean, every single one of those thousand that we were donating was claimed. Uh, next thing you know, our marketing director got a hold of our photo, texted it to someone he knew that's connected in the political realm here in Kentucky. And uh, a day or two later, we got a call from the governor's office asking if we can make a half million to a million Facebook posts. <laughs> So, all right. So a half a million to a million. I just got to ask you and David, you got to ask you, you got to wonder, I mean, what, what was that like? I mean, that's gotta be. Yeah. I, I mean, it was unreal. It, uh, we were not expecting it. We, uh, you know, making a thousand shields to donate is one thing. We've got a space here. We've got 6,000 feet. We have all the tech we need to pull this off. When you multiply that by five or 600 times, uh, <laughs> everything that we thought, you know, we had prepared goes out the window. Um, you know, how do you ship 600,000 face shields? You know, you need 2000 pallets, so, you know, <laughs> it, stuff like that, that we were not prepared for. Um, and, and the, and the labor force, I mean, we had to hire over a hundred people within, uh, you know, less than a week, really. We've got 170 last time I checked that are helping us out with this with this effort. Um, you know, we're running two shifts. We had to find a new space. Um, and that's real time. I mean, every part of this has been real time and, and that's really the, the trickiest part. You know, we got our PO from the state and we figured, well, no big deal. Um, you know, we'll just go to the bank that we normally use and, and get a line of credit and get our material and we'll start producing. Well, turns out, that banks don't give you a million dollar line of credit within 24 hours. Uh, and real estate, you know, we needed a, a space and, you know, we started looking for some spaces and, and most real estate deals don't happen in 24 hours. So 
the the speed at which a lot of these things had to be turned around was just completely unprecedented to be honest and we had to get a little bit creative but um it was one of those things where we knew that there was a need and we knew that this was possible if we kept chasing we could find the answer and you know we called everyone we know i swear my my phone book in my uh in my phone is you know twice the size that it used to be just making contacts and and hammering the phones and, until we got answers and finally we were able to figure out not only where we would get this material that everybody is currently fighting over that there's a huge shortage of it's not just ppe it's everything that goes into ppe it's elastic you know it's foam no one has foam no one has the, the plastic barrier that goes into the shield um you know there's you're fighting for for scraps and so we're pulling stuff from all over the place but after about two weeks of that fight we got it figured out and uh, you know so now we've got ten thousand feet down a couple miles away we've got 170 people fortunately like tyler said schools were were out and so you know students dental students we we had quite a few pools to pull employment from and, uh, and they've been happy to work that was a, a big benefit of this entire project was you know we got in touch with some friends in the service industry and they had a ton of contacts who had great jobs at you know local bars and restaurants and and they've been displaced and they're looking for something to do. I think most people don't want to sit at home on unemployment. You know, most people want to work. They, they want to be busy. They want to feel like they're doing something. So it's been, it's been really awesome to put that community of, of people together. Wow. So I love the, like the principles that are behind what you're doing are things that we, you know, we talk to dentists and team members about all the time. You know, when it feels scary to jump, that's exactly when you jump. For 20 years from now, you're going to be standing in the exact same place you're standing today. Now, jump wisely, right? You guys went up in the airplane. You before. You knew what to do. You had some sense of doing it. So you should just jump blindly, but you weren't afraid to take the leap. And that's awesome. And that's exactly, dentists, what you all need to do if you expect to achieve anything in your career. Love it. What do you think, Spend the what was the, the biggest challenge along the way? The biggest challenge? Uh, I, I think people look at us and they say, how, how do we have two 30-year-olds that are making a half million face shields for the state of Kentucky, and then we've got these auto manufacturers that do hundreds of millions of dollars a year that can't pull something together? And uh, I think if you look at mine and Clay's track record in, in, in business and the team that we've built and, and everybody that's behind this effort, we've been preparing for something like this for a long time. We know that we are good at making things. We're good at creating products, assembling products. We get a lot of products out the door quickly during the holiday season when the demand's the highest. I think if you look at our revenue every year with Clayton and Kroom, we do 60 to 75% of our revenue last six weeks of the year. So we know how to handle a lot in a short period of time. The most challenging thing with this project has been the financing of it. Like Clay said, we there's been a lot of things that kind of fell in our lap and we're, we're good fortune with this. Uh, unemployment's high right now. Schools are out. Like we said, there's a really talented and willing labor force available. So getting people in has not been that difficult. Uh, sourcing the materials was somewhat difficult, but also we were able to line those things up. The hardest part was going to banks when banks are all uh, a little nervous anyway, due to, you know, having to put people into forbearance or kicking loans out and going interest only. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in the banking industry right now when people are unable to 
generate revenue. Um, and so getting the financing to make this project happen was almost impossible. And, and the hardest part about it was we went to the three banks. I would say we have the strongest relationships with in town and we showed them what we had, the guarantee of this order. Uh, we feel like we have a great track record and reputation uh, to show that we can accomplish something and no one would fund it. I mean, I spent a week with three different banks and no one would get behind it and give us the proper line of credit like Clay mentioned. And I finally just asked one of my bankers, I said, what's the issue here? We have a guaranteed order. People need PPE. The only thing standing in the way of us getting this thing off the ground is you all giving us enough money to buy our first round of material and secure, you know, commercial lease. And he said, we're not worried about, you know, the PO and people paying. We're worried about whether or not you all can actually deliver on it. Mm which was a challenge to us. I mean, that's when we thrive. And like you said, it's like jumping off a ledge and, and just trusting that, you know, it's like a trust fall. And we know that we're going to catch one another, uh, but maybe other people didn't when we got this started. So how did, what did you, how did you convince them? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's difficult because you can't prove production until you have material and you can't buy material until you prove production. Um, <laughs> we, uh, finally just said, look, you know, this isn't going anywhere. Um, we are not getting the financing that we need. Clayton and Kroom has money. We believe in this project. And we started, you know, we tackled it from two sides. One, we put quite a few of our own dollars up to get started. Um, you know, we, we were able to explain kind of our situation to some of our vendors and people supplying material and, and get some terms there. Um, terms are incredibly difficult to get right now, especially, you know, in this industry, because people don't know if you're going to be around in a month, two months. Um, but fortunately we were able to have some of those conversations and, and get some of that moving. Um, and we also went to, uh, the state and kind of explained the situation and in a semi unprecedented move, they, uh, gave us a small chunk to get started. And wow. at the end of the day, their goals and, and the bank's goals are, are different. You know, they know that they need this stuff and waiting on banking regulation to provide safety to healthcare workers statewide, you know, is, is kind of silly at the end of the day. Um, and they, so, and they did come and knock on your door first. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they were looking for a solution. So. Yeah. Well, every Avenue they were pursuing for PPE would get an offer from New York for double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. was directed up that way. So, you know, you had states fighting states and FEMA stealing from inventory supplies of states. And so that this whole thing, uh, while we want the whole country to be together while we were going through this pandemic, we also had competition among states, you know, fighting for. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. That's crazy. So Kentucky, uh, part of the governor's office was looking for some solutions in state. Um, and that, that, that makes total sense. So how many of you sold so far? Um, how many of you made so far? How many have gone out the door so far? Well, first of all, you, yeah. So can, tell me how many weeks you've actually production's been open and how many have gone out the door? We've been, uh, almost three full weeks of production and we're going to be over 400,000 out the door tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. So if you look at our first couple of days, we're making a few thousand a day. We got up over 10,000 pretty quickly. And, uh, yesterday we had our first 30,000 
shield day. So we were hanging in the 20s most of last week. And it's been really cool to see our production efficiencies improve as our team learns how to work with one another, the different processes, and uh, also just creating goals. I think in a lot of ways, having dental students has been an incredible experience for us because we've got a lot of people who care about the medical profession. They want to provide. They have no way to be involved currently because schools are out. So this is a way for them to feel like they're giving back. And also maybe while they're living on loans to make a few dollars, uh, they're also incredibly intelligent. (laughs) Most of them work great with their hands. Um, And so it's been good to have them in the shop, you know, helping support these efforts. And, and, you know, I could, ways I, could. I had other dentists that were had shut down their practice that came in for the first week or two to help us kind of get this thing off the ground. That's cool. Well, I can just tell you, my, you know, my daughter is in her last year at U of L. Some of you all know that um, she's actually leaving our house as we speak. I just said goodbye to her, and she's going to come work for you guys on starting Thursday. But I, but you know, one of the things that you, we sort of forget is she's in the senior class. You got a bunch of her friends working for you and it's hard on them right now. I mean, you talk about it in your little video online. This is a painful time and they feel robbed. I mean, they feel like their last couple months of dental school where they thought they're going to have Derby and, you know, the thunder thing and all that. They thought they're going to have this whole big celebration that's gone. Um, she did find out yesterday she's graduating. So that's a positive thing. <laughs> so all the requirements are good, are there. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. And I do think what you're doing is all of them. And when she talks to them, they're all happy. They like that. They've got some place to go there. And I don't even think it's about the money. I just feel like they think they're giving back and they're together and they're part of a team. And I think a lot of people right now, I see it with my own employees. When we do zoom things, those zoom meetings are important for them because at least we look at each other's eyes and they feel a part of something. But to actually be able to go to work and make a difference, I, I think, is absolutely phenomenal what you're doing. David, any- you know, being back around their classmates, like you mentioned, uh, it hasn't been a situation where you can go out to the local bar and grab a beer and hang out uh, to celebrate. But maybe working with a mask and gloves on across each other in a shield <laughs> shop has been a little bit of, a, of the same feeling. Were there a lot of social distancing high fives when you hit the 30,000? David, anything else you want to ask these guys? No, I just, you know, guys, it's a perfect example of turning a huge obstacle into an equally large, if not larger opportunity and bringing so many people together from worlds that you could personally draw from and just switching gears but finding the strength in each one of those lanes is really impressive I'm, I'm really glad to meet you i'm proud of what you guys are doing i think it's incredible and i'd love to chat more with you well thank you all for having us um, obviously john i know i met you a number of years ago and loved everything that you know you, you taught me in that first course to dawson and i think that's shaped a lot about how i practice and what i i mean occlusion is the number one thing i tell young dentists when they ask me uh, what's influenced my practice. So I talk about that a lot. Uh, awesome. So I appreciate your support and getting us on here. And uh, for all the dentists going back to work, uh, I hope that uh, y'all are ready. It's going to be a different time. Well, one of the things that Dr. Dawson always said is it's if you do the right things for the right reasons, 
um, good things usually happens. And you guys are doing the right things for the right reasons. Um, one of the things I would love for you to do is maybe talk a little bit. We were all going to have these PPE challenge challenges. And my guess is you're getting a handle on uh, what's going on in Kentucky. For those of us that need PPE, is there ways for the people that are listening to get some of your shields? Is there a website or? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a, we tried to come up with a name for this whole thing. We didn't want to call it cleaning the crew leather goods, face shields.com. Um, <laughs> and we, we came up with Vanguard and I don't know how long this will continue when this whole thing is over, but, um, Tyler actually just put this in the chat. It's vanguardmedsupply.com. And vanguardmedsupply.com. Okay. And vanguardmedsupply.com. And, you know, the, the site was really more of just a way to tell our story and talk about, you know, what we were doing and, and you know, even use it as a platform for finding help, um, you know, pushing that on to people so that there's a contact page where they can email us and say, hey, I'm interested in getting involved. I want to come help. Um, the the small sales side of it really was was an afterthought um you know we, we had so many emails from people all over the the country really um you know hey i'm a, I'm a nurse in the bay area i need i need 10 shields um and at first we were just donating that stuff we'd just ship it out and say you know godspeed thanks for reaching out um but it got to be so overwhelming that we just put a little section on the site People can pop on, they can buy shields in, in different volumes. Um, and it's, it's, it's helped us get more out the door. And the reason we chose Vanguard on that as we were digging into this is the definition of Vanguard is a group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas. And if you look at why we started doing this and transitioning from leather goods to PPE, we felt like that defined exactly what was going on here. We took a team of people who were trained at production with the medium being leather uh, and totally flipped our shop upside down and put all of our talents into this to try to get stuff out the door. I mean, in the past two weeks ago, Louisville dentist started approaching us just asking, like Clay said, for uh, 10, 25, 50 face shields. Uh, and that started to extend throughout the state of Kentucky. And then last Friday, we put all of that up online. So like I said, we're making uh, tens of thousands of shields every day. We have the ability to supply a lot of these very quickly. Uh, we're coming toward the end of this order for our state. So, uh, you know, we may be winding down on our production and getting back to leather goods as Mother's Day and Father's Day approaches. But uh, if there's a demand for these things, we're going to continue to make them and try to supply the medical community. You know, our hope is that we never have to make another one. The coronavirus is gone. But unfortunately, I think for uh, the foreseeable future, things are going to be a little different for all of us. Yeah, I think the PPE thing is, I don't think, I think we're going to be this is a shift and maybe it's a shift towards something we all should have been doing. I mean, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, David, any final thoughts and then I'll close it up here. Take us home. I love right. this. Well, one of the things we want to do when we get, when Caitlin gets situated up there, uh, she has a great relationship with David. And as you know, he runs ignite DDS and, and does a lot of things on Instagram. And so when Caitlin gets there, maybe we can, have David come in right into your shop and interview guys, you guys directly so we can see exactly what's going on. I know he's excited about that, but we definitely want to follow you guys. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. I think you're going to 
I think it's going to be hard for you to wrap your brain how many people you've actually helped through all this. And uh, I just think it's awesome. So with that, thanks for everybody tuning in. Uh, you guys have a great day. Keep doing what you're doing. David, next time.